girl, the IP, VVIP. Don't wait, cause tonight's on me. It's on me, baby, all on me, yeah. Sexy models, champagne bottles. Girl, the IP, VVIP. Got two models, three more bottles. Auto when I'm out, got a bottle on the one side. B. Taylor, yeah, the IP, VVIP. It's on me, baby, it's all on me. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Got a lot of really cool stuff to chat about with you guys, including in entertainment news. Family Guy star Mike Henry exits the role as the voice of Cleveland Brown on Family Guy. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports, the NBA says there are 16 players that have tested positive for COVID-19. So we'll talk a little bit about that. In video game news, Square Enix will announce several new games coming in July and August after a shareholders meeting, so we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, got an awesome guest on the show today, rising country music star Cambry Lovesey is going to be on the show. She'll chat with us a little bit about how she got started in the music industry, plus her latest single, Runaway Queen. But first, here is Sephora's High on Your Love, right here on The Xander Effect. Till I'm understood You got me, got me, got me so Cause 
Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan. What's going on? It's Amanda Holly. Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Max and Model Riley Sawyer. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to The Xander Effect. I'ma kill it, you bout to catch it like this shit Corona Baby, you a stoner, I got a lot of by your friends And when you done, shorty hang the phone up Damn, shorty take a pic, rich nigga shit Hit a lick, spin it quick, give you back shots like I'm ignorant Slide up inside ya, you won't believe me that I saw you like Riley Call me a Elijah Roll up a ting, get high with me, baby. Baby, baby. Oh. 
That was Riley Sawyer's Roll Up right here on The Xander Effect. In entertainment news, looks like uh, Mike Henry, uh, the one that portrayed the voice of Cleveland Brown on Family Guy, is uh, following the same path that Jenny Slate has done when she decided to step down as the uh, biracial character Missy on the Netflix animated show Big Mouth. Uh, Looks like um, Mike Henry has decided to do the exact same thing. He went on Twitter on Friday and he said, quote, It's been an honor to play Cleveland on Family Guy for 20 years. I love this character, but persons of color should play characters of color. Therefore, I will be stepping down from the role. He's been, uh, Henry's been on the Family Guy since the first season began back in 1999. Um, And, you know, he he also, he also portrayed the voices of uh, Consuela, a Latina maid on on the long running animated series along with a lot of other minor characters. So he's stepping down from that voice, but not from the show itself. I'm sure he will still continue to uh, do uh, these types of voices on the show. And like Jenny's not the only, not the first person to have stepped down from uh, from doing a character's voice that's not of their same race. Um, back in January, Hank Azaria, he also played. He, he's on The Simpsons. He does many voices on The Simpsons, including the Indian character Apu. And he basically said for the longest time that he had a problem you know doing the 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 voice for a long time until finally he decided to just step down from that voice as well so it seems that it's starting to become a trend now that many of these voiceover actors are starting to actually want to step down from their roles for obvious reasons they feel that it's not right for them to portray a different race of a character when it doesn't you know it doesn't mirror who they are so i mean for them to go ahead and do that is actually a really good thing because it gives room for other talented you know uh voiceover actors that are of that same race that can actually portray the voice very well so you know that that's awesome let's see what other let's see if the, the trend continues on and you know we start hearing other voiceover actors or other actors also give up roles that don't agree with who they are or what you know what uh culture what race they they um they are they they are so we'll see what happens with that but uh, it's good to see that hollywood actors are starting to they're starting to you know they're starting to actually respect the culture of others not that they hadn't before but you know they're starting to actually show more of that more solidarity more unity so uh, not, not solidarity excuse me more unity um with uh, with with uh, people of different races so that's that's you know that's really good on that in other entertainment news john wayne airport is uh moving to rename because of what John Wayne had uh, said in an interview in Playboy magazine back in 1971. Now, I talked about this last year. Like, I had an episode specifically about what John Wayne had said uh, on, 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 you know, uh, in that interview. And it's insane. I mean, I, I actually liked the Duke. I thought he was an incredible actor. Uh, my mom liked the Duke. My dad liked the Duke. I mean, you know, we all liked them, but I, I never, I, I never knew about this. And when I heard about this, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at how racist 
he actually was with the words he was saying in that interview. He went ahead to say things like, uh, quote, I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. I don't believe in giving authority and positions of leadership and judgment to irresponsible people. But he didn't stop there. He went ahead and continued on by saying, quote, I don't feel guilty about the fact that five or ten generations ago these people were slaves. I mean, this is mind-blowing, the stuff that, he, that was coming out of his mouth. It was spewing out of his mouth. Here's a guy that did a movie called Hatari that took place in Africa. I mean, uh, it's just so mind-blowing to hear what he was had to say. I was, like, in shock. And then... He didn't stop there. He went ahead and started actually poking at Native Americans by saying, quote, I don't feel we did wrong in taking this great country away from them. There were great numbers of people who needed new land and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. Like, wow. <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, this is th this man is just not only should his name be removed from the John Wayne Airport, his Hollywood Walk of Fame star should be removed as well. Racism has no place in the entertainment industry at all. And they need to go ahead and not just remove that, but also remove his star. He is undeserving of that honor because of the racist things that he said and the way he felt. Because not only was he, did he say these things, he felt them. He, he believed in them. I mean, by the way he was talking. So, yeah, just very disappointing. Glad that Orange County is taking measures on removing his name from the airport. Hopefully Hollywood will take measures on removing his star from the Hollywood Walk of Fame. In other entertainment news, Margot Robbie is set to star in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yes, you heard right. There's another Pirates of the Caribbean movie coming out, and Margot Robbie is in it. It's basically a female-led project, according to The Hollywood Reporter, and it is, quote, not intended to be a spinoff of the long-running franchise that had pirate uh, Jack Sparrow at its center, but rather a wholly original story with new characters under the pirate's moniker. So, and Margot Robbie is set to lead that, and so far it's it's being written by uh, Birds of Prey screenwriter Christina Hodson. So she's on there, uh, you know, on board with the script, and, I mean, it's going to be separate from the, I mean, as, as many people know, there has been a report of a new Pirates reboot that still remains in the works. And this one's written by uh, Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Madsen. So there's a separate movie from this one as well. But, you know, it's they're both they're both separate from each other. They're not going to cross over or anything like that. Uh, Jerry Bruckheimer will go ahead and produce both projects. So that's going to be pretty interesting right there. What, what really blows my mind is that, you know, it's like another Pirates movie. Wow, it's, it's crazy. But it makes sense, though, because all the Pirates movies, they've grossed over $4 billion at the worldwide box office. So... Yeah, no kidding. They're going to go ahead and create another one. Looks like it's been a success, and it has been a success. I actually enjoyed the watching the movies myself. You know, uh, on top of, of this movie, uh, you know, Robbie is actually set to reprise her role as Harley Quinn in next year's uh, The Suicide Squad that's, that's directed by James Gunn. So that's that's what's going on. Christina Hodson is also writing Flash and the Batgirl movies, and she's got her hands full as well. So it should be a pretty uh, interesting next couple of years with movies coming out from all 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 parts all, all all walks of the entertainment industry and other entertainment news i had the opportunity to 
chat with a rising country superstar, Cambry Lovesey, and uh, she chatted with me a little bit about how she got into the music industry and her new song, Runaway Queen. So on the Xander Effect, I have a country music artist, Cambry Lovesey. Hi, Cambry. How you doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? It's a hot, hot day right here in Southern California, but otherwise good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm jealous. I am uh, just outside of Vancouver, Canada right now, and it is, is rainy. <laughs> is, is, it still, is it still springtime over there? Because we officially hit summer. Yeah, well, you really, you really don't know. It'll be like the middle of August, and it'll start snowing or something. Like nice. it's, it's <laughs> all over the place. But we're, we're going towards summer. <laughs> nice. That, you're, 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 uh, you're inching towards summer, but you know, Mother Nature's like, man, eh, not so much. Exactly. She's a little hesitant. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know, I don't know. I feel a little shy right now with the quarantine and everything. I don't look good. You yeah. know, I don't think I want to do summer yet. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I need. To do my makeup first. <laughs> exactly, you know, maybe maybe drop a couple, you know. I mean, I'm not beach body ready, you know. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. So, so talk to me about. I mean, you know, basically, you just put out a single, "Runaway Queen," which which we uh, which uh, is is an amazing song, by the way. We're gonna be listening to it, uh, you know, right after uh, the interview. And uh, le let me tell you, you know, it's it's such a like I love I love country music. I love country music. Country music is fantastic, and um, you know, your your song is just really like the type of music that you dance to. That you're like, wow, you know, I want to. I'm ready to rock with this. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean. But but before we get into that single, I mean, did you always want to be a country music artist, or is this something that kind of just fell on your lap? Or I mean, how did how did this all begin? Yeah, so I grew up very musical. Um, I picked up piano uh, first. That was my kind of first introduction to the music world. Um, I begged my parents uh, after doing music class in school. I was like, I really want to try piano. And they were like, mm, we don't know if it's just another phase. And so I begged them to get me a piano and I got a Costco keyboard from my room and I nice. uh, started piano lessons. And soon after that, I picked up guitar and I started to write my own music when I was 11. And, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, I knew that that's what I, I wanted to do and I needed to do. And uh, I started performing on local stages when I was 10, 11 years old. So it's been about 10 years of, of playing locally and stuff. And mid-teenage years, I started to really take this more seriously as a career. And uh, as for the country part of things, um, country music was what I grew up on. My mom would always put the CMT channel on for me <laughs> as a baby. Um, I would just sit there and, and watch that when I was a little kid because didn't have any bad commercials or anything. So, hey, that's timeless. <laughs> uh, the, the, the good old wholesome country music television. Yeah, right. And uh, so, yeah, and my, my family's all country music fans. My grandpa introduced me to artists like Willie Nelson, Patsy Cline, Dolly Parton uh, growing up. So instantly fell in love with country music. And it's where I found that my, my niche is and where my songwriting really fits in. And yeah, I kind of found my home within the country music community. Nice. So, so basically, at, you know, from a young age, you always wanted to be a singer. Uh, you didn't want to do anything else. And so you, you basically, it wasn't, I, I think after you started like learning how to play the piano and the guitar, I think your parents were like, mm, maybe it's not so much a phase anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My parents, I, like, I'm very loud and I'm very, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm always singing. And so they always say like, they know something's wrong with me if I'm not like humming something or singing something. So our house was very musical and loud growing up, which I love. I never, I wouldn't want it any other way. Nice. And, and did your, were your parents uh, musically inclined as well? Or is this something that just naturally happened on your own? Um, they actually aren't uh, musical people at all. Um, my family kind of likes to argue about where the, the musicality came from. Because um, <laughs> nobody on either side of the family, extended family or anything, is really musically inclined. We have some artists on my mom's side of the family, so that may have been an influence. But um, me and my sister can both sing um, and play instruments and stuff, and nobody else is really your, inclined in that way. So <laughs> your parents were like, your parents were like, yeah, you were dropped off on our doorstep by aliens. <laughs> they don't exactly. know what planet you come from because yeah. we don't get it. We don't have anything of that. So <laughs> right, you come from the musical planet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So I mean, you've been focused only on music. Your first uh, debut album was Kiss My Boots. Yes. I mean, how how was that like? How was doing that album? That was so incredible. I, it was such an amazing opportunity to be able to release a full length album. Um, before that I had put out an EP and, uh, I was really feeling like I was, I was, you know, that was my first project out of high school. I was hitting a more mature sound and I really wanted to put out an album that reflected that. And, uh, so it was an incredible experience getting to record music that I've written. I've always had a hand in writing my own stuff. Um, and uh, so Kiss My Boots was an introduction to, you know, putting my own stuff out into the world. And uh, yeah, I had some incredible musicians and producers on the album. And it's really been, it's really been a, a great, you know, I've got a lot of love towards it. So I'm really nice. thankful for, yeah, for the reception towards Kiss My Boots. No, that's really cool. And I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, that you, you wrote this right after high school. I mean, did you write about your high school experience? Or I mean, did you have a bad high school experience? How was your experience like? And you know, I mean, how much, how much did that influence Kiss My Boots? Yeah, I think a huge amount. Um, I personally, like I use songwriting as a way to cope with and, and create meaning towards the things that happen in my life. So um, growing up in high school, at least as somebody who was pursuing a music career full time outside of uh, school, I was a little bit different from my peers um, because I was I was doing something outside of it and you know doing two things at the same time. So I I wrote about you know experiences that happened to me in high school, but also my mental health journey um, through all that as well. Um, I've always you know dealt with anxiety and. I write about things like that and I use writing to cope with that as well. So I think no matter what I go through in life, there's always going to be a song that comes out of a, t a time in my life that either teaches me something or, you know, was a monumental moment. And high school was definitely one of those for me um, where I was finding myself and finding my place um, and writing about it along the way. Nice. Well, I mean, you mentioned anxiety. I mean, it's kind of an interesting, uh, you know, uh, career path that you chose because I mean, the music industry, well, just any, any part of the entertainment industry has a lot of uh, anxious moments in it. I mean, it does. Yeah. you know, I mean, how do you cope with that, with that type of, uh, with that type of, you know, uh, uh, with that type of issue? Yeah. So for me, like a lot of people will, will say to me like, Oh, you don't, you don't seem like the type of person to have anxiety. Cause I'm very extroverted. I'm very out, 
out there. I'm you, always- you, <laughs> extra, get out of here. I'm not, get, I'm not getting that at all from this interview. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And, and people would say that to me and, and you know, I found my comfort zone and my, you know, my safe space is the stage and it's being in front of people and interacting with people and talking with people. And that's, and that's how I deal with anxiety. That's my coping mechanism. And, and so for me, it's a little bit opposite. And that's why I found the music industry actually such a safe space for me. And it's something that, yeah, that didn't really induce anxiety, but was there to cope it, uh, cope with it. So yeah, I know that may sound a little weird, but I, it definitely has its anxious moments. I mean, as any industry does, and as anybody who's kind of running their own business and promoting themselves, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs through that. Um, but when you know it's what you're meant to do, um, that's the motivation to keep going with it. Yeah, I suppose I could see that. I mean, you know, I mean, it just, it, it's just, it's its weird because it's like what's supposed to give you anxiety gives you the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. Know? And I would think, and I would think performing in front of like crowds, because you performed at different uh, places in front of people. So I would think that the, 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 the anxiety would heighten that. But I mean, what you're telling me is that it doesn't, and it's actually the opposite effect that calms yeah. you down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's the place where I feel like I'm making a difference in the world. I'm sharing like what I'm meant to do. I'm sharing my passion. And for me, that's, yeah, that's my safe space. Nice. So let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit uh, to your single right now. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you know, you like I said, you know, you have uh, the single Runaway Queen. I mean, talk to me a little bit about, you know, the inspiration to write that song. Yeah, so I actually didn't write the song. Um, it was written by the amazing uh, Sean Gassaway and Pam Shane. Pam Shane wrote uh, Genie in a Bottle for Christina Aguilera. She's so talented. And Sean Gassaway was also the producer on the song. Um, and amazing, amazing creative mastermind as well. Um, so they presented me with this song and I, I instantly fell in love with it. I mean, I was looking to do, to kind of follow up Kiss My Boots with something that was, you know, along the same lines of empowering people. Um, Kiss My Boots is very sassy. It's very independent. Um, it's got that strong uh, female country vibe to it. And I wanted to keep going on that path because uh, those are artists that I've always looked up to. People like Shania Twain, people like Dolly Parton, um, who represent strong females in this industry. Uh, so when I heard the song, I instantly fell in love with it. And I got the opportunity to go to Nashville for the first time, which is so exciting. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's, that's country song. music. That's country music capital of the world right there. It is. Yeah. And yeah, and going there was absolutely surreal because I was like, for the first time, I felt like I was like surrounded by all the people that were, you know, into the same stuff as me and just my people were there and uh, I never wanted to leave. So I'm definitely going back soon as soon as the uh, the borders open back up again. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's the Mecca. It's the Mecca. It totally is. So no, I, I, I totally understand that. And, you know, it's one of the, one of those things that if you weren't already comfortable right there is like, oh, I'm home. Exactly. Yeah, it, totally. And, you know, walking the streets and walking down Music Row and looking and seeing all the major labels, you know, places I've, you know, heard about in movies and places where I've seen, you know, some of my favorite artists spend time. It was just, it was like a dream. And the, the city has so much history to it, too. So, yeah, it was an amazing trip. I was only there for a few days just to, I did some performing down there, uh, recorded the song, and then I was 
back and back to school here. You're like, wah, wah. <laughs> um, I know, <laughs> but uh, I have plans to go back soon. So yeah, I'm excited. No, that's really cool. Did you try any barbecue when you were out there? No, I didn't. Oh, the place I wanted to go you, to. You broke my heart with that. I know. <laughs> how, how do you go to Nashville and not try the barbecue? That's what I they're know. like. Besides, it's like country music. They're famous for that, but they're also famous for their barbecue. <laughs> that goes hand in hand right there. I know. And like the really good places that I heard about and that locals told me about was like lined up for like hours and everything. And I was like, I have to be this place and then this place. And <laughs> so it was like grab food and go. <laughs> so uh, next time, hopefully I get a chance to enjoy some more cuisine. You should have just hit up Grubhub and been like, all right, I, I want a, like a slab of ribs, right? I want some <laughs> cornbread. I want some freaking chicken. You know, bring it here to me now. I just show up to the studio with like with the bib. Of food. Yeah, with the, with the bib and everything. You're like, all right, I'm about to eat. And no one bother me, okay? I heard about Nashville's barbecue. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like trying to sing the song with like ribs. Right? Like freaking, you have, you have the barbecue sauce all over your mouth and everything, all over your fingers. You're like, can I grab the mic like this? I mean, you know, let me go ahead and take care of this. Let's call the next song Barbecue Love. How about that? <laughs> Some authentic country stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really no, but I mean next time you go, you gotta try the barbecue. That's for that's for darn yes. sure. You gotta go ahead and try that. So I mean, you know, with 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 uh, all this the stuff that's going on in the quarantine and everything, ha have you been keeping yourself busy? Have you been writing more music? Yes, absolutely. Um, I almost feel like my schedule is just as busy as uh as before quarantine. Ah. It's just because things have kind of I found ways to adapt what I was doing before to an online setting. So I'm doing um, every couple of weeks, I'm doing live stream concerts. Um, I'm writing a ton. Um, I'm obviously doing the, the promotion behind this single, um, getting ready to, to record some new stuff as well, lining that up. Um, I'm also, I go to school full time, so doing courses as well. So I feel like, yeah, it's, it's been just as busy. <laughs> nice. So what are you studying in school right now? I mean, is it something that, I mean, do you, I mean, do you feel that, you know, uh, regardless of what's going on right now in your career, that education is also as important or is it something that, you know, maybe your parents are like, all right, you know, have this as a backup type of thing? Yeah, for me, education is so important. Um, I want to be a lifelong learner. That's always been a, a giant passion of mine. And even though, um, even though I've been focused on music, I've still put school as a priority as well. And so um, I decided to get a degree that will help me within my music career. So I'm studying media and communications in ah. school. And yeah, so I'm so learning more, more tips to be able to run my own business and, and, you know, help myself in the business side of my music career as well, because that's a whole other learning curve uh, that I really started to step into when I started, you know, mainly when I graduated high school and really started to take this seriously. And uh, yeah, so I decided, you know, I wanted to continue learning and uh, my university experience has been amazing because my, the university I go to, the University of the Fraser Valley has been so supportive of my music as well. They also, I, I perform in our school lounge oh, wow. and, uh, cool. and they're, yeah, I've had professors that have helped me, you know, figure out my schoolwork when I need to go to Nashville or when I need to go play a show. They're like, hey, let's find another day you can do this assignment. That's and cool. They've been really so, Yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I'm, I'm so glad I decided to, to continue my education as well. 
No, that's really awesome. I'm glad that that uh, professors are seeing the value in your music and also uh, at the same time still continue to support you in your education. So that's really good. And totally. and, and communications actually is funny because that was actually my major in college. Or, uh, oh, you know. yeah, well, that's what, that's what I got my degree in journalism and mass communications. So I got my degree in that. That's so, amazing. Yeah, so I know. In the same field. Exactly. <laughs> practically in the same field. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you never know. You might end up with a, with a radio show or a podcast just like mine. So, you, hey, you know. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you got so the personality cool. for it. That's for sure. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, that's, you know, talk, going back to what you were talking about in regards to like, you know, performing, uh, you know, online and stuff like that. How has that been compared to performing in front of a live audience? Um, it has, you know, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And I, I, you know, I love performing live. It's one of my favorite things ever. And, and I didn't know if that would completely be, um, replicable online. And it somehow is, um, because I getting that like constant feedback when I'm doing live streams and stuff, which is something you don't really get, um, at live shows, you know, you're on a stage or whatever. You don't get to really talk with people between songs. I mean, you do get to, in, in a way, but you don't get to connect with each individual the way that live streams have kind of presented me with. So I usually do, I take requests all night and, you know, bring a glass of wine. And it, it's been like, it's been really cool getting to do concerts from my living room. Um, I found a real like sense of intimacy with the, with the concerts that I don't really get with, with live shows. So it's been really cool. And I've also got to partner with a lot of organizations um, doing live streams on their accounts, different radio stations. Um, I've done some um, live streams in the UK, um, wow. which is really cool because it's, it's connecting the world. I think we're all a little bit more connected um, during this pandemic than we were um, before, which is really ironic, but cool. Right. And it's all, and, and, you know, I mean, a lot of people, uh, they say technology is, is kind of destroying society, but in this case, I think technology brought us closer together. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, I mean, could you have imagined a few years ago without the internet, you know, doing any, well, I mean, this is before, you know, the internet was around like probably be like right around the time that you were born. <laughs> um, so, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I, I was in that era and it's like, it's crazy what how much you know times have changed and to yeah. me it's, it's you know it is a difference maker when it comes to like you know when it comes to actually connecting with other people from around the world i mean i've it had interviews is, yeah. on my show i've had interviews on my show from people that live in taiwan people that live in berlin yeah. you know i've had yeah. interviews like that on this on the on the xander effect i i had an interview with uh, dj mikasi who's out in berlin so, yeah. you know, it's really cool to be able to, like, connect with people on, on this type of a level uh, and totally. be able to chat with them. So I feel you on that. I mean, and, and you, know, you know, with all this that's going on, I mean, have you ever – I know that you're fairly new in the industry, um, but mm -hmm. you're, like, making success in strides right now. I mean, Thank are you. you thinking about making any type of collaboration with other, any other artists, or are there any other artists that you would love to make do a collaboration with? Oh, my goodness, yes. Um, yeah, definitely. I think there's so much value in collaboration. So, um, yeah, I have some stuff in the works right now, uh, which ooh, hopefully ooh. I'll be able to share soon. Uh, um, <laughs> I thought you were going to share with me right now. No. <laughs> Something on. Oh, yeah, you got my hopes uh, up, and then you just went ahead and uh, took my legs from under me right there. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst person. <laughs> I, was almost, I was almost at that cookie jar. Like, I'm, I'm reaching for that cookie jar. I'm about to get the cookie, and all of a sudden, mom walks in. <laughs> 
Like, oh, come on. <laughs> one cookie. But you'll be the first to know, I promise you. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll hold you to that. See, now it's already, uh, it's already uh, like right here recorded. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're, 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 you just messed that up. You're, you're, you're just made, it's a contractual promise. You can't go back on it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm okay with that. All right, yeah. cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that's really cool though that you're like still i mean regardless of of uh, the stuff that you have going on you're still uh, continuing on with collaborations with other artists so that's actually really cool i mean but out of curiosity i mean just give me a little hint here uh is it is it the same genre or is it a different genre that's doing a collaboration with you because you know how country music right now is being you know mixed in with hip-hop and pop and everything i mean is there so is it something like that or is it all country um, right now it's all country, but I have had people, um, I've, I've been in talks with some like rap artists and stuff as well. And we've talked about potentially doing some collabs. So nothing's like concrete in that area, but I definitely love to experiment with like crossing into other genres. Cause I grew up, um, like being influenced by lots of different genres. Like, um, personally, like I think the rock genre has really influenced runaway queen a lot of people have told me yeah um i love I the rock that. vibes in it yep, and, I can hear uh, that. yeah and and that a lot of that came from i i play with a band uh here as well that um i have my regular band members that you know join me for live shows and and they've all come from either classic rock or heavy rock backgrounds so a lot of my live shows are very energetic and spirited in that way um so i'd love to yeah i'd love to cross more into you know mixing country with some other genres as well because i love innovative country music and and i think there needs to be more room for innovation um in this genre and i'd love to to experiment with some of that stuff no, and, and there definitely uh, there definitely have been a lot of successful uh, songs that have a lot of uh, mixtures in it, totally. and which is which is about time. I, I think it's about time because country music was so segregated, yeah. you know, all on its own. Like it had its own little world, its own little fan base, and everything. Yeah, and it's like, dude, come come and come come and join us. Come <laughs> join the rest of us. It's okay. We're not gonna bite you. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> You know, it's like the other genres are like, dude, it's okay. Come on, come on. It's all right. Come on. <laughs> we're, it's fine. You know, we, we don't bite. You know, we're, we're just going to do something really awesome. How about that? Exactly. Well, it's going to be really awesome. No, exactly. But I, I mean, it's about time that that happened, though. I mean, because I'll be honest, like, I love all genres. I love rock, hip hop, you know, R&B, pop, uh, you know, some classical, even though it makes me fall asleep, uh, jazz. <laughs> You know, and totally. country, you know, when it comes to country, like I love, you know, one of my favorite artists is Garth Brooks. He's yeah. All time favorite forever. You know, the yeah. guy like I've been listening to him since I was a kid, you know, listening to uh, Thunder Road is one of my favorite songs. I mean, yeah. I mean, country music is just the type of music that it's not just it, it's not just a song that's just a song. It's a song that's personal. It's something that totally. You no, know, I mean, the way Garth Brooks sings country road or uh, Thunder Road is it he describes the road he, he describes yeah. an inanimate object it's just a, it's just a, it's just a road yeah but the way he makes it sound he makes it sound like it's alive like it has a heartbeat it has absolutely it has something in it and i and a lot of country music is like that and totally. you know, imagine if you could go ahead and cross over that type of you know music into yeah. into hip-hop into pop you know cross over both of them I mean, totally. the only time that I actually heard a crossover, a really cool crossover, was uh, Tim McGraw and Nelly doing over oh. and over again. 
Yeah. That song was amazing. And it, it's like, to be honest, they're the ones that actually started the crossover. And, yeah. and, and it sucks because no one really gives them the credit that they deserve because it, it have, the song wasn't as popular in it at, at the time that it was done. And it didn't garner any popularity. But if you look back, that's actually the real crossover right there was tell was Nelly and Tim McGraw when they yeah. did over and over again. That's so, so interesting. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, it was an amazing song. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think that definitely, you know, that's definitely uh, something that uh, that should be continued to, you know, keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why I fell into country music was the storytelling aspect of, uh, of the songwriting and, and when I, when I started to write songs, um, I naturally just gravitated towards vivid imagery and, and telling stories, um, you know, things that have happened to me and stuff. And, and because I loved music and connected with music that told stories that I could relate to. And I can't tell like how many times I've, you know, I've used music as a therapy to find a song that it matches exactly what I'm feeling. And, and I think that country music does a fantastic job with that. Um, so that's why, you know, that's the main reason why I love country music and what sets it apart so much. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm totally open to crossovers and, and would love to try experimenting with that. Also, I think that uh, a great artist is one that continues to grow and continues to, you know, learning and learn new things about themselves and adapt their craft uh, to the industry and, and find their niche. So yeah, that, that's the path that I'm on. Nice. Well, I mean, that's, that's good that you have that kind of an open mind for something, uh, you know, for something other than being caged in your own genre, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be open to other possibilities, uh, to other avenues of, of music, you know, because I mean, it's all at the end of the day, it's all one word music. Exactly. It's not, it's, you know, country has music rap yeah. music pop music you know exactly. and so on and so forth it, uh, they all have the same last name every single yeah. one of those has the same <laughs> last name which is music yeah. <laughs> you know exactly I mean? so exactly. It, it's it that's the reason why it should all just be you know i mean it should just be all like it should just be all like you know intermingling with one another so yeah integrated with one another but that's but that's you know that's really cool i mean i'm looking forward to like i'm kind of curious to see exactly where you're gonna go with it so we'll, we'll see what happens you yeah. know, uh, later on in life um but besides uh, all that i mean like what are your plans i mean obviously things are starting to reopen little by little although yep. you know, unfortunately a lot of authorities are saying that there might be a second wave you know with uh, a lot yeah. of things that have been going on in the world uh you know but if start, things start reopening and start leveling out i mean do you have any plans on uh concerts or touring or what, what's going on with that what's what's the idea with that right now yeah so i am yearning to get back out and then perform as soon as as possible um as soon as i get the go-ahead that is that is the plan um right now until then um i have a uh, whole bunch of online stuff lined up. Um, the single is also going to uh, Canadian Country Radio. Um, it actually, yeah, so I think Monday it should be officially on there. So that'll be tomorrow. Um, so, you know, stations across Canada will have the song. And so doing some promotion with that. Um, if COVID wasn't happening, I would be doing a little radio tour, but um, instead it's going to be 
um, virtual, but yeah, basically just, you know, waiting in limbo and doing what I can until things uh, open back up. As soon as things open back up, though, I have plans to go back to Nashville and do some more recording. And uh, yeah, lots in the works. Nice. Well, I mean, I look forward to uh, hearing some more of your music for sure. And how can, people, how can people stalk you on social media? Yes, please stalk me. Um, my Facebook is Cambry Lovesy. Uh, Instagram is Cambry Lovesy Official, and Twitter is Cambry Official. Um, all those links are on my website, though, which is cambrymusic.com. Uh, awesome. So you can go check it out on there. Send me a message, give me a follow, connect with me, and uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome, Cambry. Well, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Nice. Coming up next, Runaway Queen by the lovely Cambria Lovesea, right here on the Xander Effect. She's like a train you never saw coming. She'll hit you like a bomb, boom, and leave you with nothing.
Queen. Ooh, man, is that an awesome song. That was Cabri Love Sees, Runaway Queen. And let me tell you, that will make you dance. And thanks so much, Cabri Lovesy, for being on the Xander Effect. Hopefully we get to hear much more amazing music from you very soon and have you back on the show again as well very soon. In sports, 16 NBA players have tested positive for the coronavirus, but that's not to swain the NBA from reopening. On the contrary, it seems that uh, the NBA uh, is ha- is staying positive and staying optimistic that they will be able to reopen and start practices in a bubble type of environment. And uh, you know, it's it's not it's not dissuading them at all of the rising cases of coronavirus within NBA players. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said, "Quote: My ultimate conclusion is that we can't outrun the virus, and that this is what we're going to be living with for the foreseeable future, which is." why we designed the campus the way we did and so that we are it's a closed network and that while it's not impermeable we are in essence protected from cases around us at least that's the model for those reasons we're still very comfortable being in orlando so it looks like they will continue to uh to um to go ahead and go forward with the schedule they have started testing even more players uh so far via andrew grief uh on his twitter he went ahead and posted 302 players tested this week 16 are positive so that's that's basically what what's going on right now they still continue to make sure that everybody is trying to stay as safe as possible even though coronavirus uh you know numbers are starting to surge we'll see what happens hopefully they will continue to try to protect their players, and if not, we may be looking at another another shutdown again. Uh, you know, with with uh, sports, with everything, actually, seeing as the cases the cases are starting to rise more and more every day. So we'll see what happens. In other sports news, another sport that is starting to see rise in coronavirus cases is baseball. Uh, you know, specifically the Texas Rangers team uh, has had a rise in coronavirus cases and it's making a lot of the workers terrified for their safety a lot of the staff members of the texas rangers terrified for their safety um they went ahead and told espn that quote we are terrified for our safety terrified to share covid19 unknowingly with an older employee a pregnant co-worker or anyone else who may have some sort of underlying condition we all knew it would come to this it was only a matter of time and this comes these this statement comes like basically 10 10 days after the team entered its new phase of reopening where employees were basically told to go work and work at globe life field and you know they weren't they weren't explicitly mandated but multiple employees actually told espn uh that their managers said that that, that working from home wasn't an option there were exceptions made for some of the employees but not for all of them so that's what happened but now with these new rising cases it seems like they're the the team is reassessing things as far as their staff and employees go and they went ahead and they put out a statement they said quote 
Over the last 48 hours, the Texas Rangers have received notification that several of our employees have received a positive test for COVID-19. The Rangers immediately began to immediately began the protocols that we have in place for positive COVID tests. And any employee who had direct contact with these individuals was sent home and will undergo COVID-19 testing. No individuals will be allowed back into the facility without receiving a negative COVID-19 test. The health and safety of our employees are a top priority and the Rangers will continue to diligently enforce the pandemic protocols that are in place for front office employees at Globe Life Field. These include temperature checks upon entering the building, mandatory wearing of face coverings, and regular sanitation and cleaning of the Globe Life Field facilities. So at this point, it seems that at least the Texas Rangers, they have noticed that uh, the rise of cases are are very dangerous to their staff so they're taking precautions you know and that's a good thing because they they need to do that i mean without the staff there is <laughs> there is no no team really i mean everybody every person that is a part of any team is essential you know for the op for the for the um continued operation of that team whether it's the players or the staff members they are essential, so I'm glad that they're at least taking care and taking precautions for everybody. In other sports news, Curtis Razor Blades decides to go off on uh, UFC President Dana White after White had some pretty harsh words about him. And this all comes after his uh, performance against Alexander Volkov at UFC on ESPN 11. Now, what happened here is that Blades, you know, basically was talking a lot of trash before the fight, saying that he was going to knock him out and a bunch of other stuff. It was going to be a slot or whatever, whatever. And he didn't deliver. It was basically an entire wrestling match. Yes, Blades won the the fight. But, you know, it was, you know, a lot of fans took to Twitter and basically said that the wrestling clinic was, quote, boring. And afterward, in the post-fight press conference, Dana White said that he was disappointed. He was basically talking trash about Blade, saying that here's a guy that was pretty much talking all the smack and didn't deliver anything. Like, and this guy thinks that he deserves, you know, a title shot or money or anything like that. It's not going to happen. Basically, Dana White was like, dude, you're not what you're not what you say you are. You, you don't back up what you say. Yes, you won the fight, but you know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything to brag home to mom about. So, uh, Blades decided to go and say a couple words about Dana White. And he said, "Quote: He doesn't like me for two, actually three reasons. A, I speak my mind. He doesn't like that. B, my style, what I bring to the octagon. I'm grappling heavy. And C, because yeah, I do believe I don't get paid what I'm worth, and I speak on that." So he's just using this to try to make me feel bad, I guess. So I won't speak out again. But it's not going to work. I know this is the taboo word and we aren't supposed to speak of it, but a union. Every other major sports league has a union. So that's probably the only way we can get what we want. But I don't know how that's going to happen. So... 
Those are the words from uh, Blades. I mean, who knows how that's going to go over with Dana White, his boss. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there might be some backlash after that, but, you know, only time will tell. Coming up next in Video Game News, Square Enix will announce several new games for July and August after a shareholders meeting. But first, here is Ian Thomas and Quest Cross Money, right here on The Sander Effect. But you will stay right here Diamonds are beautiful And we gon' shine that bright Let me show you what is new hits Cause you deserve it, girl While we take you to the limit And give you a purpose, girl I'ma change your life and you're gonna Cause it's waiting on you, waiting on you, yeah to the limit and give you a purpose, girl. I'ma change your life and you're gonna love it. Got racks to the sky, but you're above it. You will ever love this money, girl, money, girl. I'ma spend it on you, spend it on you. Come get this money, girl, money, girl. Cause it's waiting on you, waiting on you, yeah Come and get this money, girl Greenbacks, I know you like Carol's, we taking all Quest cross that big boss You ask like I get it done The Shandy and the Matt We're in Switzerland Off in Antwerp like that Where those diamonds are at My wing hop flights, no risk If it's TSA, walk right through there Like who's this? Man, I'm global around That this international bear Counting up those pounds Just waiting on you, waiting on you, yeah
This is Dovely, and you're listening to Xander Dames on The Xander Effect. Stop it. 
That was Dovely's being right here on the Xander Effect. In video game news, looks like Square Enix has decided to announce several games uh, for uh, in July and August because due to the current COVID-19 crisis, E3 was canceled, and that's where they would originally, uh, you know, announce what new games they have planned for 2020-2021. That was a lot of 20s I just said. so they went ahead after a shareholders meeting, they went ahead and they announced that basically, uh, quote, we would normally announce new games at E3. Yes, we had planned to have a press conference as a replacement event, but we're unable to do so since assets were not complete. We'll be announcing new titles individually as timing permits. Several will debut around July and August. So that's actually really, uh, that's good news for a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, Square Enix players, uh, especially since a lot of the games that people play, for example, Final Fantasy, that comes out of Square Enix. And the last game that they had that was released really was, uh, you know, Final Fantasy uh, 15. And that was the last one that they that they did with remakes aside was released back in 2016, and it was right at, right after they had released Final Fantasy VII, uh, which was another remake. And they were all a success. Everything was great, you know. So now people are wondering if they they might come out with a Final Fantasy 16, you know, with with Square Enix making uh, wanting to make these announcements now. Will these games come out for the new consoles? More than likely. Obviously, we have the Xbox Series X that's supposed to be out later this year along with the PS5. So, you know, there's there's a lot of high hopes that these new Square Enix games that will be uh, that will be out will also be a part of the new platforms as well. So, we'll see what happens in July and August. That's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, remember, we're still in the middle of a crisis on Unfortunately, numbers are starting to take a rise again, so please, please be safe out there. Remember to wear your masks, your gloves, your goggles if you got them when you go out. Uh, you know, make sure that you keep yourself safe for yourselves and for your loved ones. And as far as all these other negative things that are going on in this world, remember to try to stay together. Remember to try to be together. We are one planet. We are one Earth. We are all in this together. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. Y'all. <laughs> I be tell I tell. Yeah, you did. They ain't believe it, though. <laughs> One life. Dude, Brian. Same game, be telling. What up? Kick it like it's kickball. Power couple. She dripping in that they'll say goodbye. They wanna touch her. Everybody know that's do girl. What you gonna do by me and her take on the world? Now that's the truth. Hey everyone, the Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. Sony Music The Orchard and BMG Bertelsman Group. In association with Art19 Media.